The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. Check out this week's editions for each island's Women in Business special sections, where we celebrate and honor the incredible women who make our communities what they are. The October 26th edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of October 26, 2022. San Juan County News Briefs. New drug law means more community involvement. SJC receives weather station. Plus, choice excerpts from the local sheriff's log. Now, from the island's sounder, San Juan County News Briefs. Hispanic Heritage Month. San Juan County is proud to reflect on the successful partnership with Alimentando al Pueblo, a Latinx food bank from Burien, that joined the San Juan County Health and Community Services Department in celebrating National Hispanic American Heritage Month. Together, the groups hosted events on Orcas and San Juan Island that connected members of the Latinx community with healthcare services. To commemorate the end of summer, Orcas Island Food Bank and Alimentando al Pueblo held a cultural celebrant fiesta on September 16th, featuring complimentary tacos by Delmi Sanchez and music by Mariachi Almanueva and DJ She's Gucci. The bilingual event with a meet-and-greet information booth provided resources in English and Spanish with staff from Safe San Juans and the Orcas Community Resource Center. I heard modern Latin and hip-hop music and smelled spicy food, said Jeff Hansen of the OIFB board. The fiesta was just getting underway with DJ She's Gucci, Delmi's Tacos, a table with folks sharing information about community services, and a whole lot of smiling faces on people from all walks of life. The evening was festive, and it felt like a community coming together. On September 17th, the AAP team traveled to San Juan Island for a fair and fiesta. The island community joined together to host a health fair and free salmon dinner. Participating groups included the Joyce L. Sobel Family Resource Center, volunteers from the Latinx Advisory Group in partnership with San Juan County Health and Community Services, Peace Health, Safe San Juans, Friday Harbor Food Bank, Mullis Community Senior Center, Acasa Pharmacy, San Juan Island Library, Compass Health, San Juan Island EMS, and Soroptimist International of Friday Harbor. Chef Andy from Peace Health and his team served over 120 meals with fresh, flavorful foods including Lummy Reef Net Caught Salmon, local Sweet Earth Farm-grown tomato gazpacho, and horchata rice pudding. Over 50 COVID and flu vaccinations were given. The Friday Harbor Food Bank provided tours of their space and updates on expansion plans. It was an evening of outreach and community relationship building. Thank you to the powerful and heartfelt all-women team of Alimentando al Pueblo for co-hosting these events and for your continued education and support. These events were made possible by grant funding from the WSDA and SNAP-ED, 
through San Juan County Health and Community Services, along with sponsorships by Peace Health, Safe San Juans, and the Mullis Community Senior Center. Moving forward with commercial composting. You may have noticed a buzz surrounding commercial composting in the islands in the past few months. That's because San Juan County's Solid Waste Program is exploring how best to implement commercial composting in our community. A food composting system was implemented at the fair in August. A citizen survey about the topic was conducted over the summer, and now, with funding support from the WA Department of Ecology, the county has contracted Resource Synergy to develop an organics recycling implementation plan for its three most populous islands. Compost is decomposed food and yard waste. When done on a large scale, it is referred to as commercial composting. A commercial composting facility in San Juan County would collect organic waste from restaurants, grocery stores, other commercial businesses, and individual residents. Commercial composting facilities can sell their compost to farms, nurseries, and individuals, and it can be used in local municipalities. There are many benefits to commercial composting, including waste reduction and enhancing soil quality. According to the EPA, about 30% of landfill waste could be composted and turned into something usable. Composting food and yard waste converts the waste into fertilizers that improve soil quality. Composting reduces disposal costs and could potentially save users money by bringing down garbage service bills. We were able to test drive composting with the community at the fair. Over the four days of the event, 560 pounds of compostable waste was collected. It was a great success said Katie Fleming, Solid Waste Coordinator in San Juan County's Department of Environmental Stewardship. The Citizen Composting Survey that was conducted over the summer had 312 responses and showed that 79.6% of people would participate in a self-haul composting program, 69.7% would participate in a pickup service, and 85.2% would purchase the locally produced finished compost for gardening and landscaping at their homes. Now the county is moving forward with Resource Synergy, a sustainability consultant firm from Spokane, to delve deeper into what commercial composting could look like in the islands. A plan will be drafted that will enable Lopez, Orcas, and San Juan to manage organics on each of their islands. This will allow San Juan County to close organic waste loops and reduce waste costs, enriching the local communities and retaining nutrient streams for on-island use. To accomplish this, the Resource Synergy team will spend time interviewing residents, restaurants, and other businesses over the late fall and winter. Their input will allow Resource Synergy to draft a comprehensive plan for managing organics on the islands. It's becoming more and more clear that residents in San Juan County are enthusiastic about a commercial composting program. We're excited to keep the momentum moving forward, reduce the amount of waste we send to the landfill, and use this valuable waste stream to enrich our island's soils, said Fleming. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, New Drug Law Means More Community Involvement.
by Heather Spaulding. Washington State's simple drug possession law was struck down last year in what is known as the Blake decision. Legislature scrambled to fix the gap. The result has been a drop in drug arrests, empty drug courts, drop-in clients at treatment centers, and a shift in how society handles addiction. My first reaction when I heard the Blake decision was, great, we shouldn't be putting people in jail for health issues, Richard Urey said, adding that there has been confusion with the law and that it does not impact minors. Richard Urey is a substance use disorder professional and behavioral health coordinator at San Juan County Health and Community Services. But he spoke to the journal on his personal experience, expressing his own opinion, not that of the county. San Juan County Sheriff Ron Krebs said he sympathizes and understands the rationale behind the law change, but also feels law enforcement needs to have some teeth to help addicts. Law enforcement isn't arguing to go back to the way it was before, Krebs said. That did not work either. We arrest people, they go to jail, get out, and they are right back where they were before. I would like to see the legislature put some teeth back in the law, however, while getting addicts help. Without the threat of a felony, Krebs continued, there is no impetus for addicts to work with officers to catch drug dealers. Washington's original law stated that it was unlawful for any person to possess a controlled substance. The Blake ruling stated that law was unconstitutional and did not take into account the state of mind and intent of the defendant. Washington lawmakers returned to the drawing board, resulting in Bill 5478. Under this new law, small drug possession became a misdemeanor rather than a felony, carrying a maximum sentence of 90 days in jail plus $1,000 fine. Officers are directed to refer a person to treatment for the first two encounters. On the third contact, the individual is referred to the prosecutor's office. Prosecutors are also encouraged to divert the person to treatment and or drug courts rather than incarceration. The law requires law enforcement to have specific training on drug users and directs agencies to create tracking systems to track contacts with drug users and the steps law enforcement has taken to get that individual the treatment they need. According to a memo by Melanie Dane, traffic to the Washington Department of Sheriff and Police Traffic and Safety Meeting, the confusion surrounding the bill seems to be its biggest issue. The lack of funding for law enforcement officers and courts with limited jurisdiction, with a lack of direction on how to implement the directives in the bill, all while still managing COVID, virtual courts, mandates, and illness, has likely frustrated the process. Very few cities or counties are tracking diversions, filing cases, or referring cases for charges. It is not believed that this is out of disinterest, but rather due to a lack of clarity in the bill, lack of direction on how to implement a novel diversion program, lack of funding for LEOs, CLJs, prosecutors, and defense for the implementation of diversion and therapeutic courts, lack of training, lack of community resources, lack of social services, and limited scope of the bill and whether it will last past 2023, Dane writes. 
Krebs echoes these thoughts, noting, for example, without stronger ability to get individuals' treatment, some form of life skills or other resources, addicts simply continue using. Without training, help, or resources, they are going right back into the life that led them down that road to begin with, Krebs said. Krebs also pointed out that Bellingham Technical School cost $3,400 a year. That is about the same cost as it costs to incarcerate someone for 28 days. That does not include court costs, judges' salary, or transportation to an off-island jail. We had some successful people coming out of drug courts. What if, with successful graduation, we took the money the county would have had to pay for jail time and pay for college? Krebs asked, clarifying it was just an idea and wasn't sure how it would work in reality. Compass Health Director of Skagit Island and San Juan County Outpatient Service, Judy Heineman, said education can work for some, but not all. We have had some people come to us who have jobs already, others are retired. The biggest motivator is a desire for a better quality of life. That is the key. Finding a better quality of life, and that means something different for every client. In order for substantial change, substance users often need to be fully ripped out of their life pattern. For Yuri, that meant five years in prison, he said. Getting into treatment can be difficult. Even after leaving treatment, housing options can be limited, meaning the person goes right back to living in the same home, potentially with current drug users. The individual finds themselves having to shut themselves in their room in order not to be around it, as they struggle to find a new place to live. Housing, Heinemann noted, is one of the biggest needs in San Juan County. When people have an addiction problem and then have to worry about having a roof over their head, that is huge. Getting into recovery with basic worries is a big hurdle, she said. Yuri explained that frequently, after a substance user has left treatment, they return to the same house they lived in previously, which may have current users still in it. The recent clean and sober person often has to shut themselves in their room while they look for another place to live. It takes a lot to get out of it. Those who do should be commended, Yuri said. I want to create a place where when someone says they're going to treatment, peers commend them and say, yay, how can I help? Creating a community of support where businesses and family assist the individual in their new journey after treatment or prison is essential. There has to be a pathway back to the community. If there isn't, why would they try? Yuri said. Part 2 in the November 2nd edition will delve deeper into what can be done and what is already being done to create those pathways. From the Islands Weekly, SJC receives weather station. Washington State University Extension, San Juan County, and the San Juan Preservation Trust are thrilled to announce a new resource for San Juan County residents to monitor the weather. At the end of July, a weather station was installed in San Juan Valley as part of the statewide Ag WeatherNet system. AgWeatherNet, AWN, 
provides Washington State farmers, gardeners, researchers, and policymakers with weather data and weather-related decision support tools to improve agricultural production, efficiency, and profitability while minimizing environmental impacts. This is the first AWN station installed in San Juan County and will serve as a resource for all residents with an interest in long-term, reliable weather data. This publicly available information is another tool that community members and agricultural producers can use as they work to adapt to the changing climate and associated shifts in weather patterns. Prior to installation, the closest AWN station was located in Anacortes. While this new station will not reflect all the many microclimates in San Juan County, it greatly expands coverage for the islands. The Preservation Trust provided the site for this new station at their Phelps Preserve, which is in the heart of approximately 3,000 acres of designated agricultural resource land on San Juan Island. The Trust partnered on this project, recognizing the value of weather monitoring for long-term agricultural, ecological, and community benefits. The station was installed and will be maintained by Washington State University. All weather data are freely available to the public at weather.wsu.edu, including air and soil temperature, humidity, dew point, wind speed, soil radiation, and soil water potential report at 15-minute increments. A free account can also be created to access additional decision support tools for crop management and irrigation scheduling. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On October 12th, an Orcas Island deputy responded to the Doe Bay Resort for a call of a road rage incident. An investigation was conducted and it was determined no crime was committed. An incident report was authored. A deputy on San Juan Island took custody of a bicycle from a Good Samaritan, who had held on to the bicycle after the owner was in an accident earlier in the month. The bicycle was stored into evidence for safekeeping. Deputies on San Juan responded to a welfare check. The individual was located near Egg Lake Road and appeared to be heavily intoxicated. A courtesy ride home was offered. Instead, individual chose to spit on the deputies. They were taken into custody and booked into jail. A report was completed. On October 14th, a San Juan deputy was dispatched to a report of theft from a local business. The caller advised items had been stolen and they had identified the suspects. The deputy contacted the suspects who admitted to the theft and returned the items. The information was forwarded to Superior Court. On October 15th, a deputy on Orcas Island conducted a traffic stop. The driver was issued a notice of infraction for speeding, 42 miles per hour in a 25-mile-per-hour zone. Please drive safely. A deputy on San Juan Island responded to a report of fraud at King's Market. An individual attempted to use a fraudulent $100 U.S. dollar bill during checkout. 
The fake money was given back to the individual by the store. They paid with other money. He left the scene. His identity is unknown at this time. On October 17th, a deputy responded to a report of a juvenile problem in Friday Harbor. The caller reported that her teenage child did not want to go to school on this day. The deputy spoke to both parties involved, nothing physical occurred, and the teenager accepted a ride to school. A deputy on Orcus responded to a possible burglary near the ferry landing. It was found that a family member broke a window, and the owner did not want to press charges. A deputy on Orcus responded to a single-vehicle collision. The driver was located a block away from the vehicle. During the initial contact, the driver threw a large rock at the deputy. The driver was arrested for assault of a law enforcement officer. This concludes the October 26th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcus Center. Orcus Center is your place for fun and intrigue this fall with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit www.orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. Don't forget to check out this week's editions for each island's Women in Business special sections, where we celebrate and honor the incredible women who make our communities what they are. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks again, and tune in next week for more news from San Juan County.